Morning, saints. Morning, Morning sinners. Morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Go ahead and if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up to Acts chapter 16. We're going to be spending some time in Acts chapter 16. Um, and you'll refer back to it. But there's an old Yiddish proverb. Maybe you probably have heard it before. An old Yiddish proverb that says, We plan, God laughs. Ever hear of that one? Say it with me. We plan, God laughs. And and that's the way that we really can relate because most many of us in our own lives can relate to that reality that we have great plans, grandiose ideas, we have our set ways, and then the next thing you know, <laughs> something happens. Plans are derailed. Today from Acts 16, we are seeing this reality lived out, this notion that though we may plan, God laughs. Um, And so what I want us to do is to kind of look at this scripture, and then I want us to begin to think about how does that apply to me personally in my life? What do I do when I make plans to do certain things, and then something doesn't go as expected? Hmm? So the action for today's narrative in Acts actually begins in chapter 15. And let me give you a little background. Paul and Barnabas, uh, two of the early church's uh, missionaries, uh, had gone out and they have started churches all over the place. And they were converting Gentiles, that is, non-Jewish people, to the faith. And so the people in Jerusalem, all the leadership in Jerusalem, were getting a little bit anxious that Paul and Barnabas were converting all these Gentiles to Christianity, but not necessarily to Judaism as they understood it. And they were concerned about the purity food laws. They were concerned about things like circumcision, if you were a male, uh, all the, you know, they were having all these Gentile males running around that have, you know, never had circumcision. Oh my. And, and so the early church was concerned about that. And so Paul and Barnabas had come back to, um, Jerusalem to meet with the, the, the founding leadership, which is like, you know, James and John and Peter. And they said, listen, you gotta, you, you, you gotta understand these new converts to the faith in Christ are really, they're doing great. They may not be practicing the old Jewish laws like we understand them, but they're really doing well. And so the Jerusalem council, as it was called, decided to tell Paul and Barnabas, you know, I tell you what, as long as they don't eat food sacrificed to idols, and as long as they live a separate, or that is, a holy life, that's what holy means, to be separated from, to be different from the rest of the culture, That's fine with us. So Paul and Barnabas, they were pumped, and they were all excited. Um, And and Paul outlines in 1536, he, he says, Barnabas, let's return and visit all the believers in all the cities where we planted church planted these churches and and see how they're doing, and let's tell them about this great news. Because, I mean, this really was great news. If you were one of those Gentile converts... um, and you were wondering, do I have to be cut or not? The answer that you don't have to be is a pretty big thing. I don't have to get circumcised as an adult. Yay! I mean, 
mean, think about that. You'd be pretty pumped. Kind of liking this new faith. Well, Barnabas wanted to take his cousin John Mark with him on this missionary, on this trip, and Paul didn't want to because he felt John Mark was a flake who let him down earlier in the story. Harsh words were said between Barnabas and uh, Paul to the point that it was not just tit for tat. They, there was severe words. We don't know exactly what happened, but they, they, there was a falling apart of the fellowship. Barnabas and John Mark went, went, went one way, and, and Paul and took Silas and went another. And this is where we're picking up in the story. We're seeing that already Paul has plans to go and revisit all these old places, and yet God does what? Laughs. Look at me with Acts 16.6. Paul and Silas and the others went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak a word in Asia, that is, what is today modern Western Turkey. So the first instance here, second instance where they planned, and God what? Laughed. Verse 7 goes on to say, When they came opposite of Messiah and attempted to go to Bithynia, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And once again, they planned in God. And picking up in verse 8, we go on to read, So passing by Messiah, they went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision. And there stood a man from Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, and this is important because there's a shift in tense, we immediately tried to cross over. So it's gone from first person to plural. We. We immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. And so we set sail from Troas, took straight out to Samothrace the following day to Neapolis. And from there we went to Philippi, which is the leading district in Macedonia, uh, in a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, Saturday, we went outside of the city by the gate, by the river, where we supposed there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. Now, just think for a moment. Who called Paul in the vision? A man. Who did Paul encounter? A bunch of women. Paul planned. God laughs. Now, a certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us, and she was from the city of Thyatira, and a purple, a dealer in purple cloth. And the Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. Now, Paul planned to go to Asia, but God what? Laughed. God sent him instead to Europe where he met a woman who was from the Asian city, Thyatira. 
And when she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Beloved, this is the word of the Lord. Now, Paul had all sorts of ideas and plans of what he was going to go do, who he was going to talk with, where he was going to go. He was going to go back and rehash old ground with former colleagues and networks of friends and churches that he's planted already. God, however, had a different idea. Paul had plans. God laughed. Now, back in college, for example, I was a resident assistant at one of the men's dorms. And uh, this one guy had this really, really cute girl over to visit one son, one Saturday. And, and this is back when girls weren't supposed to be in the guy's dorms, you know, in certain parts of the dorm. Uh, and so this guy brought this, this girl in the hall. And uh, the guy was kind of a jerk, just as an aside. And he, he left this girl with me in the hall. And as he went to the bathroom, I, I kind of looked at her. I was thinking to myself, you're kind of cute. And, and so I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> he's dumb enough to leave me in the hall, babysitting his girlfriend while he's in the bathroom. And I just looked at her and I said, listen, you, you're cute. Would you like to go out sometime? I mean, you're really nice and you're with him. And, and she was so sweet. You know, she, I had this plan, you see. I had this plan. I was going to snake this guy. I, was gonna, I had this plan, and I was going to ask this girl out and, 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 and all of that. And she smiled at me with the sweetest southern accent and more or less told me, bless your heart, which we know in the southern is not a good thing. And, and, and she said, oh, you're so, so sweet. But my bathroom boy is uh, really my boyfriend. And I just, my heart was breaking inside. And, and then she says, but I've got a twin sister <laughs> that's coming down in a few weeks. And I looked at her up and down. I said, hmm, that's a safe blind date. <laughs> and, 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 and some weeks later, I met my future wife, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. You see, I had plans. I had plans. God laughed. So does her sister to this day. (laughs) Friends, there is not a person in this room who has not had this experience where he or she had great plans and then from out of nowhere, a detour sign gets put up and we are forced to take a different direction. Following plans is easy. Adjusting to life's detours is not necessarily so, however. In fact, my friends, it's how we handle life's detours that determine the outcomes of our emotional or spiritual progression or regression. Hear that again. 
It's how you and I handle life's detours that determine the outcomes of our emotional and spiritual life's progress or regress. Now let's clarify a few items. First, not all detours in our life are caused by God, as in our story today. Not all detours in our life are caused by God. However, God can bend to our benefit all our detours. Not all of our lives' detours are from God. However, God can bend to our benefit all those detours. In other words... I may willingly put myself in compromising situations, believing I'm bulletproof to the consequences of my decisions. You and I choose to pursue risky behaviors, uh, shady business dealings, or social situations, thinking we will be immune to the effects, the adverse consequences of what we do. And the next thing you know, You've had one too many drinks, and you hit a pedestrian on the side of the road. You've been indicted for tax fraud because you got involved with sketchy business partners. Or you've gotten an aggressive skin cancer because you thought you were immune to this intense Florida heat and sun. Friends, God did not force you or me to have that last drink and steer us into a pedestrian. God did not force you or me to act unethically in a business situation that gets us in trouble. God did not force you to engage in risky behaviors that caused you to get sick. We did that to ourselves. But yet, but yet, God works in the midst of our poor decisions in spite of us, in spite of us, and can teach us through spirit how to live a more Christ-centered life that shares what we have learned to someone else who needs the lesson. Beloved, how do you respond to detours in your life? How do you respond to the twists in your storyline of life that you did not expect or intend? When you have to take those detours, when you are redirected in a way that you didn't plan to go, do you become bitter because you did not get the job you expected and felt you demanded or deserved? Do you feel like a victim caught in the wheel of unfair circumstances and you remain stuck in self-pity instead of venturing out in a new direction? Do you remain stuck in unhealthy relationships because that's what others expect you to do? God forbid, no. The second item I want to clarify is that no matter where our detours take us, God is already at work before us, before we get there. You're driving down I-95. 
and you see the sign. Traffic stopped. Next 50 miles. Detour. And we go, what? Oh, you're lying. How many of us have been on 95 with a detour? Mm -hmm. It's not fun. We get off on the detour and we begin to look through the windows and we look at places, environments, and circumstances we've never seen before. You see, this is what God is trying to do with our detours, beloved. He wants us, like little children, to sit up in the seat. I know this was when I grew up and you didn't have to wear seat belts, but you know, you're kind of up in the front seat looking out the window at all the new scenery, all the new buildings, all the new animals outside of my window on this detour. I was expecting to see something new waiting for me around the next corner. See, this is what God is doing in the detours of our lives, whether it's in business, whether it's at home, whether it's professional, whether it's social. God is at work before we get there. Paul had grand plans and ideas and of what he thought he was supposed to do, but the doors kept closing. No matter how much he wanted to go to Asia, he couldn't. God just wouldn't let him. So God takes him to Greece to the doorstep of modern Europe and introduces him to a businesswoman, a professional woman of means and influence who just so happens to have a direct business dealing with the city in Asia called Thyatira. Paul planned, God laughed, and was already working in Philippi with a group of God-fearing women who were ripe for Paul's visit. Paul could have arrived to Philippi all grumpy. I sure wanted to go to Asia. Why do we get sent here and grumble and moan and gripe and complain? Because his plans were not fulfilled. But you see, Paul knew ultimately God was in control. And God seeks to bend life. Hear this, beloved. God seeks to bend life for our wholeness and well-being. God is always trying to detour and bend our life for wholeness and well-being. And here, this influential businesswoman And Philippi ends up supporting Paul's ministry, was his benefactor, ends up providing him a network of other relationships within the city to develop, and then, what do you know, she has back-channel connections to Asia where Paul always wanted to go. Paul planned, God laughed. Friends, when our lives start going on an unplanned detour, that's the time we're to sit up in the seat and start expecting God sightings. 
Detours have the ability to make us more aware, more attuned to our life and surroundings. Detours and changes in plans give us a chance to pay attention to how God is already working in our midst now, inviting us to enter into that work. Reflect, my friends. Reflect with me. Has your life gone according to plans? Could anyone here say that? Really? How did you, how are you responding to those detours that are placed in your way? Are you and I bathing in victimization and pity and doubt because the plans have changed? Or... Are we sitting up expectedly and excitedly looking out the window to see where God is already at work on the detour we're taking? Think about your answers. Think about your answers, beloved, because how we answer them will determine if we are living with a new life that Jesus promises or are we wallowing in the mud of old self-doubt. Yep, we plan, and God does what? Not because God is playing with us, not because God is capricious, but because God wants to redeem the broken, dreamed path we are on and bend it to good to show us the inherent beauty in the unexpected. God wants to show us the inherent beauty in the unexpected. Are we able to see it? And all of God's people said, pray with me. Holy Spirit of God, as we gather this day, give us lives to hear and respond to the movement of your spirit. Help us to not look at life's detours and problems as um, obstacles, but as ways of looking to encounter you in unexpected ways. For you promise never to leave us or forsake us, but that indeed you will bend everything to our well-being and wholeness. For we ask this in Christ's name, so be it.